Hello, Jesus. It's me. I, uh, you probably heard about last night. The things I talked about, you know, I wonder I wonder if there's any hope for me. I wonder how this whole atonement thing works, so. I just listened to General Conference today. Didn't quite catch all of it because I was door dashing, but I think I caught the majority of it. And there's so much that people talk about in there of like repentance. And like having a change of heart. There's an interesting thing they mentioned in there where um, there's, there's a scripture that in the Book of Mormon that mentioned that God actually changed people's hearts. I thought that was kind of interesting. I'd love to have my heart changed, to have my desires oriented toward truth that's what I'm looking for how do I get that you know I also heard something to the effect of if you want to if you want to talk to God then pray and if you want God to talk to you then read the scriptures so maybe I'll do that more I I've read the scriptures you know I've studied them pretty thoroughly more than most Mormons have and there's things that ring true to me and things that seem way off to me I like the scripture that says prove all things and hold fast to that which is good also the scripture that says by their fruits you shall know them but it's hard it's hard to know what the fruits are going to be right cuz there's that parable of the wheat and the tares and the tares are growing among the wheat and you don't know until they're all grown up which ones the tares and which ones the wheat so you can't know the fruits sometimes until things have come to their completion
I don't know. But if you can help me align myself to the truth more than I am I'm open to it. There's other scriptures that I uh that were mentioned. There is one about you know, people not having ears to hear or eyes to see. That there that there are certain people who are fertile ground for the word of God and there's other people who are rocky ground. And am I not fertile ground? Is not what's required is an open mind, open ears and open eyes to be willing to see, to be willing to hear? Am I not? Am I not listening? I want to talk a little bit about yesterday, last night. From what I do understand about repentance, I do think there's a degree of confession that's important because it's simply, it's a recognition of what you're doing and what you've done. And that helps you to reorient yourself. So, anyway, last night I, uh, I failed my commitment to myself that I wasn't going to masturbate. I jerked off and I came. I didn't feel bad necessarily. I don't know. I I want to do I won't say I want to do better next time. But yeah, I want to be better at keeping my word to myself. That's that's one of the more important things to me right now is that I am capable of doing what I say I'm going to do. And last night I failed in that. And the hard thing is, once my mind goes to a place, it's hard to leave that place. 
and it seems like it just takes a really strong distraction. And one of the problems is if I'm going to bed, I don't want a distraction that's going to involve my phone, even though honestly one of the best distractions for me when I'm trying not to masturbate is simply to go on like TikTok or YouTube and just, you know, take my mind somewhere else. But that doesn't seem like that's the best way to handle the situation. Maybe I'll just try going back to prayer. That could work. Anyway, after after I did that, um, I ended up checking my phone for some reason, and my friend had texted me, like, two hours previously that he was having a hard time, and he, he asked if I could come over. Texted him back, sorry, I just saw this. Do you still want me to come over? And it was probably, it was around 9 at this point, 9, 9.30. And he said, you know, I'm I'm not in crisis mode anymore. But you can still come over if you want. I asked him about Saturday night because I'm... Today, Saturday, I'm. I was working. Um, I didn't want to ruin my sleep too much. Anyway, long story short, I decided to go over there because I want. I wanted to know what was going on, and uh, uh I mean. He's with this girl, and they're not really in a relationship. They're in this friends with benefits kind of thing. But I think he's really suffering in this thing because he wants a a close relationship. He wants a romantic relationship. He wants things to develop. And this girl, it's kind of interesting because it seems backward from what usually happens usually it's the guy who doesn't want anything serious and it's the girl who tends to get more attached but yeah this case is is pretty much the opposite it's getting more attached he's developing romantic feelings for this girl and she kind of just wants sex and I I feel bad for it because like I can see him I see him simping for this girl. And that's the best way to describe it. He's giving emotional energy to her and he'll like he'll do stuff for her. I might have accidentally said his name. I'll have to cut that out. 
Um, he'll do stuff for her. He'll, yeah. And uh, she just doesn't see him that way. Oh, and the the reason, uh, the reason tonight, Saturday night, wasn't going to work for him is because he's going to a wedding. He's he's at a wedding right now, and uh, he wanted this girl to come along with him, and she's obviously like, no, like that's not their level of relationship. Um, so yeah, we had that conversation, and uh, and then she texted him and asked him, they're like they're neighbors. She lives upstairs from him. She texted him and asked him to come up. And I I didn't try that hard to get him to, like, stay and not go. But I told him, like, you shouldn't, you just shouldn't do that. You should learn to say no to her. And he, he went upstairs. So as he was going out the door, I decided to leave too, and I, drove back home and then it was probably 11 by the time I got in bed and I woke up at 5 and did my DoorDash thing I don't know what, what the point of saying that was but I, I I just feel bad for him, and I don't know if people are just different, or if he's in some sort of paradigm of relating sex directly to romantic and long term attraction I just want him to be happy it feels like he's torturing himself I still think he's got his life together more than I do. He lives in a nicer apartment. His room is clean. My room is an absolute mess. And honestly, I have no motivation or no, not even, I don't really even have like a desire to clean it, honestly. I'm kind of fine with it the way it is. But it seems as though it reflects on, maybe it reflects on my psyche. I mean, that's kind of what Jordan Peterson claimed, is that your room is a reflection of your psyche. That if your room's a mess, then your mind's a mess. And that's probably true. My mind is a mess. And I don't really know where to start with the cleaning up.
But with my room, I'm kind of fine with the mess. I'm not stressed out by it at all. My sister gets really stressed out by messes. But yeah. Trying to develop some sort of theme for this so I can decide what to name this episode. It's just annoying. I Back to the general conference thing. They talk so much about you, right? And the atonement and and how we can just be healed and we can be saved and have our hearts changed and find a fullness of joy just by having faith in you. So what the fuck am I doing wrong? Is it that I have to live by all the standards of the Mormon religion? The thing is, I don't have a testimony that those things are true. I've I've lived those standards. And okay, here's another thing they talked about. They they mentioned it at least three times today that with these increasingly difficult times it's going to be impossible for people to survive spiritually without the guiding influence of the Holy Ghost and there's Mormon doctrine about the gift of the Holy Ghost that you you get it by keeping the commandments I guess But here's the thing. Here's the problem. I don't think I ever had the Holy Ghost, even when I was doing my best to keep the commandments. If you remember a while back, one of the only times I feel like I felt the Holy Ghost was when I prayed to know if the Holy Ghost was our Heavenly Mother. And I got a confirmation that it was and that goes directly against Mormon doctrine and the only other time I felt a hint of the Holy Ghost was when my dad had kicked me out of the house one time and I walked just down the road I remember it being kind of cold don't think I had a coat and I went to this little area by the side of the road just kind of had some trees around it and I I prayed 
and I got, I don't know if I'd even call it an impression. I had the thought come to my mind that I should go back home. That was the closest thing to the Holy Ghost I've ever felt. And honestly, it was just a reasonable thing to do because there (laughs) there wasn't really anywhere else for me to go. So, yeah. Like I said, I don't have a testimony. I don't have past experience. And I've ran this experiment for 18 years. I don't get these feelings that everybody else gets. And am I just spiritually dead? Am I just an evil person by nature? And that's why I don't feel these things. I want to believe. Like the man who came to you and wanted the demons cast out of his son and you asked him do you believe and his answer was just as mine is Lord I believe help thou mine unbelief And maybe I believe less now, just because I feel like belief hasn't gotten me anywhere. But if I could, if I could figure out how if I could receive anything that was some sort of testimony of the truth that I felt was right and I'd move toward that I feel like that's what I've been doing in my life I've been trying my best to develop a relationship with the truth to move toward those things which seem truest to me And isn't that the best I can do? I've been trying to understand your sacrifice. And like I said before, I'm trying to understand the mechanism of the atonement and the mechanism of repentance. Because I've heard it a million times, you know, like you died for our sins, but how does you dying do anything for me? I 
I think one thing it possibly could do is show an example of how to go through the world and to simply take on the burdens of life and accept the suffering that comes with it. I can follow that. And then there's this concept I've I've been trying to understand of the scapegoat mechanism where people will take all their sins and all their pains and all the problems that they have and they'll put them onto one person and then they, they sacrifice that person in some way to try to eliminate the problems from their society and they did that with the witches in Salem I mean the the Jews would do it consciously with actual goats and that's where the term came from we do it today with certain people political figures we take someone and blame all our problems on them And I've heard people say that the way to escape that is to accept your sacrifice as the final sacrifice, to put our sins onto you and realize that you were sacrificed. And that's all great, but I still don't know the mechanism of that, how that works. Like psychologically, one way I've thought of it is that I should blame you for everything and then think of your death on the cross and say, it serves you right because you're the reason everything's fucked, you know, like you're God, so fucking crucify him, you know, be right there with the Jews willing to sacrifice the final scapegoat. And then maybe, maybe the thing you realize after that sacrifice, you know, Peter Rollins mentioned that when the veil of the temple was rent, there was nothing behind it. And maybe that's what you see my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? We sacrifice the height of being the final sacrifice and we realize there's nothing there. That life truly is just suffering. We can't put it on one person. We simply have to bear it take it on (sighs) I don't know I'm still stuck on this thing that I talked about yesterday Uh, you know how does you know you can forgive me that's great but uh, how do I confront my desires and my degeneracy my 
perversions with the rest of the world. Isn't it best to keep those things to myself? I think it is. I want to be better. I always want to be better. And if you can help me do that, then please do. I would say I'm willing to do anything, but I don't know if I am. I've been in some scary places, and I feel like maybe I'm a little traumatized or something. Uh, I feel stunted in certain ways. I feel like I'm not self-sufficient, that my brain doesn't generate ideas well enough. I'm thinking specifically about the injunction to to go out and be a disciple and to take neither purse nor script to be like the lilies of the field who toil not neither do they spin and yet Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed such as one of these I have a desire to do that honestly to go out and simply be a disciple try to love and care for people as best I can and hope that you'll give me my daily bread But there's a large part of me that thinks that that's not very realistic. And I'm not that great at wilderness survival. Like I said, my brain doesn't seem like it generates ideas anymore. Not like it used to. I feel like in a survival situation, I'm more likely to just curl up and let myself die. When I got out of jail, there was nowhere for me to go. They didn't let me in the, in the shelter because I had been in jail and they weren't sure about my COVID status. So 
I wandered the city and eventually found an outhouse to stake out in and it stank and it wasn't that warm but it was slightly warmer than outside I just curled up in a ball didn't really sleep but kind of dozed off at certain times And I feel like if I was smarter, then I would have come up with some sort of better survival tactic, but that's where I found myself, freezing cold. And then, then I figured if I just stayed there, I'd be too cold, so I tried to walk around some more. Eventually a coffee shop opened, and I went inside just just crying and the people were willing to help me I was able to make a phone call and call my aunt who was in near the city she picked me up I stayed in her camper for a little while tried to help her with chores and stuff. And then I think my mom came and picked me up. I can't remember very well though. That's one of the sad things is there's a lot of things that I can't quite remember. Obviously, there's a lot of things I do remember, but other things I just can't. It seems like they're kind of important details of the story. I know after that I had a depressive episode that lasted about eight months. But that uh, that got really off track, didn't it? I guess the point I'm trying to make is that I don't think I'm that cut out for survival. But maybe... Maybe people would be willing to help me if I asked, if I was willing to offer something in return. It's honestly a fantasy of mine to be a traveling vagabond who has no possessions. Maybe someday. Does not God clothe the grass of the field?
Square four. Why say what shall we eat or what shall we drink? I really want to do your will. I want to follow in your footsteps. It seems to me to be a good direction to go. And I can't really tell why. Seems right in some way. But I want to go back to this forgiveness thing. Because I was saying it's all it's all great that you can forgive me. But what about everyone else? Forgiveness from others isn't guaranteed, is it? That's a sad lesson that I've had to learn throughout life. Some people will just hate you. And I guess that's for them that they're free to do. It just makes it hard because it doesn't feel like forgiveness is a real thing. Because you don't actually get... any positive effects from... Confessing and repenting. People still hate you. And honestly, maybe that's not the... Maybe others' approval is not what I should be... Seeking for. I guess there were still people who... Hated Paul... After he was confronted on the road to Damascus. They hated him for what he'd done. And I guess that was their prerogative. Simply up to us to do the best we can. and to find those who are truly seeking our help. This is, this prayer is probably the most spiritual most spiritual one I've had out of all of these. So thank you for that. I don't know if it makes a difference that I'm really tired. I'm really happy to have a day off tomorrow.
Thank you, though. Thank you for showing a way to walk, to live. And I hope to be able to follow it. I say these things in your name, Jesus Christ. Amen.